Hello and welcome to ESPN Cricket for Stump Mike. I'm Karthik Iyer. It has been a few years since Mohammad Ashraful's tearful confession on national television. Mohammad Isam and Dibayan Sen join me to look back at that moment, Ashraful's legacy and his image as a prodigy whose star has faded. Now Bangladesh, like their subcontinent neighbors, do not shy away from putting teenagers in test cricket. We look at their success rate and how the sport has grown in all parts of the country. Let's do this. So this week on Stump Mike, we have with us Mohammad Isam. Isam, you haven't been on Stump Mike in a long time. What's been happening? Uh, there hasn't been a lot happening in Bangladesh cricket, to be honest with you. Um, since the uh, since the World Cup last year, they've had a few series here and there, but it hasn't been great as well. They have had a disastrous India tour, um, and yeah, I mean there hasn't been much of a talking point. It's been quite a quite a depressing time in Bangladesh cricket <laughs> after that uh, 2019 World Cup. Hmm, but but let's take a step back. So what's what's happening right now? There is there is there a lockdown in Bangladesh where you're at? What is the cricket scene uh, scenario in the country currently? Yeah, there was never really a lockdown in Bangladesh. Uh, you know, uh, to that to that extent, it was called general holiday. Um, that has ended on the on the 31st of March, and uh, although it has ended, uh, it's unlikely that cricket is going to start very soon. Training also hasn't started. BCB are trying to take stock of the situation in Dhaka and elsewhere. Uh, the transport ban has been lifted, but doesn't mean that players are rushing back because there is not really a lot of plan currently about uh, whether they want they want training sessions or they're planning. It's not as uh, it's not as if they're as close as England or Sri Lanka or Pakistan at this stage. I love that term, general holiday. It's, it's such a nice way to put a positive uh, spin on things. Along with Islam, of course, we have someone who is making his stump mic debut today. Welcome, Devan Sen, to stump mic. Thanks, Karthik. Uh, pleasure to be here because I've been listening to you guys and, you know, following closely what's been happening on the stump mic. Uh, it's probably my primary source of information and updates on the cricket world, particularly from our, you know, excellent writers from around the world and each uh, country with its own rate of, you know, reopening uh, back to cricket uh, normally as, as it were. Mm-hmm. So how has uh, lockdown been treating you? I know we're now in the stage of unlocked. Uh, where we're at in Bangalore and in India, but how how has these last few months been for you? Yeah, it's not been too bad actually. I have quite enjoyed myself. Uh, I think uh, Crickinfo has struck upon this theme of retro, and I have like you know faithfully uh, <laughs> reverted to it in every form of life. So I'm you know watching retro movies. The new songs which I'm picking up on the guitar are all retro ones to the extent that I also uh, I also ended up playing I wanted that way the other day. So <laughs> that was a bit of a new territory, uncharted territory. But yes, uh, watching a lot of old sport uh, in the absence of live, of course, you know, football and everything has begun again, but can't wait for actual sport to begin. Interestingly, on the morning of Eid, uh, you know, since uh, the sports facilities in Bangalore had opened up, uh, went and played football with some of my friends and it was a very strange feeling. But yeah, I mean, uh, before long, people were going in full with tackles and everything. And yeah, it was great fun and it was great fun to win. (laughs) The other thing, if you're waiting for live sport to begin and if England's schedule that they released yesterday to the day that we're recording is to be believed, then we're going to have a England versus West Indies three-test series starting in July. So that's, that's the news done for the weekend. Why we're here is because the day this episode of Stump Mike will release is also the day that if you go on our On This Day page on Crick Info, you'll see that it's the day where Mohamed Ashrafoul, the golden boy, once golden boy of Bangladesh cricket, he confessed his involvement in in spot fixing in the Bangladesh Premier League, and this this got me thinking. And I was like, I need to get his arm on. It's been it's been a long time. We haven't spoken since since lockdown began, and it just got me thinking. It got me going on this entire rabbit hole of YouTube, and I'm just coming out from watching that Isam that ODI against Australia where Ashokul scored that hundred, and I knew the result, but I never. Realized that he got out for 100 and I was like, oh damn, do Bangladesh actually lose this game rather than win? But it was great to see Bangladesh win that, that ODI, his 100 there. So what happened with Mohamed Ashrafoul, especially after his confession? How does Bangladesh see him at this moment? Uh, Karthik, I'll be honest with you, he's still a hero in many people's eyes. It's his fandom or his fan following hasn't waned a bit. Um, right when he was, uh, you know, when he confessed, uh, he cried on camera. This is an interesting story. I'm not too proud of 
of this story. Um, I was one of the first reporters to arrive at his place uh, immediately after he was suspended by the BCB. So the moment he got suspended at the BCB headquarters, I, I went over to the to his house in eastern Dhaka on a, on a, on a, on a reporter's bike. And uh, we, we, we got him uh, for a press conference in his, in his garage. Um, and I had asked him a question about how, whether he regrets this, because he had just come back into form at that time. So this is 2013 uh, June. And he scored a 190 in March against Sri Lanka, and he was really timing the ball well uh, against Zimbabwe in 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 a one-day series in Sri Lanka. Was doing quite well in Zimbabwe. So I asked him whether he regrets now that he's in touch after such a long time, because he had been he had come back to the team after quite a while. Like he wasn't an automatic choice at that time. So he was like a replacement's replacement when he made that 190. So he had just come back. It was a lifeline for him. I asked him the question, he started to cry. And that photo became like the most famous photo, like the photo of his suspension and then his ban. Um, uh, not too proud of it, but what I'm trying to get at is that particular photo or that, that attitude of his, his re- he was repentant. So people really took to it. And when he was banned, um, there was a lot of people who said that, yeah, well, he said he did it, so why ban him? I think the mm-hmm. same... I think the same philosophy uh, followed when Shakib uh, was being banned. So pretty much Shakib's uh, stocks have gone up after getting banned. I'm, I'm being honest. It's, it's That's how it probably happens in, in my country. But yeah, Ashraful, um, he came back to cricket. He's come back. He's played first-class cricket. Um, he's played the National Cricket League. And he's, in fact, he scored five centuries in our list A competition, Dhaka Premier League, a couple of seasons ago. But he's lost his fitness, you know, he's not the same batsman that he used to be. Um, I mean, five centuries is a lot of, lot of. it's it's good, it's great. But, you know, uh, I mean, people realize that it's he's, he's good enough for domestic cricket perhaps, but not, not international cricket. Hmm. Devan, do you remember the magnitude of this particularly for Bangladesh cricket? Because I remember for us, it came here in India, it came just a few months after or within the same period of when the IPL uh, spot fixing case happened and obviously in this country that was the far bigger thing but this, this was a name like Mohamed Ashraful he was like like I've said before he was the golden boy of Bangladesh cricket and just looking back at it now it just seems like such a shocking press conference to happen no? Uh, yeah absolutely uh, in many respects uh, what you have to uh, consider is that in our uh, region of the world there have been murmurs of fixing and you know associated corrupt activities around cricket for a long time and Bangladesh is probably one of the few instances where high profile uh, cricketers have confessed and they have been brought to book so that makes it stand out as a very, very big example of itself. And Ashraful, in his particular case, I just wonder what might have been if he, uh, if his career maybe had come a little later than it did. Because when he came on, he was pretty much, as you rightly quoted, the golden boy, you know, century on debut, uh, one of the youngest ever to make a century. I think possibly the youngest centurion at that point of time. So all of that uh, pressure of expectation and at that stage when Bangladesh probably didn't have as much uh, self-belief as they were to get on in later years. So maybe if his career had come seven, eight years later, he might have prospered a bit more because by then a lot more mature cricketers had come into the uh, setup. And uh, I think as a country, Bangladesh had started believing a lot more in themselves. But yeah, uh, when this incident happened, I remember being quite shocked by it uh, because I'd worked on the first Bangladesh Premier League and I was struggling to remember which team he had actually played for, but it turned out he was actually one of the most uh, successful and most consistent batsmen uh, in the first season for Dhaka Gladiators, the eventual champion. So he, he was in in the prime of his form at that stage and it probably did cost him the best years of his uh, career. Hmm. Now you look at it on YouTube, Ashraful's highlight reel, yeah, it's, it's, it's splendid. But to bring a football analogy here, I mean, everyone looks like Messi on YouTube. Then you go into Ashraful's stats and it's not impressive. His average in both, batting average in both tests and ODIs is, is in the 20s. That's not great at all. So, why is this obsession that Ashraful was so great? I know, I know, he made a century on Test debut. I remember that innings against against Sri Lanka. Now that was great, especially as a teenager, someone so young coming into the side. But then his performances dipped. Then it went up a bit. I think from 2004 to seven, he had he had a good spell just before he became captain. But why is it that someone with such a lowly batting average, with pretty below average stats? 
to, to, to speak the truth is so revered in, in Bangladesh cricket. Especially now, considering the fact that, that, that there have been players who have surpassed it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a wonder, isn't it? But but there is a bit of a fact. Uh, there's a bit of a, you know the truth to the fact that um, Ashraful, whatever his average is, I think it's below 24 uh, in Test cricket. Um, for a long time, only Habibul Bashar uh, was one of was was higher than him, and it was only because of what what was around Ashraful um, was was what helped him. So for for a very long time, between his debut 2001 till say 2007-8, until Tamim, Shaki, when these guys came about, there was only Ashraful, there was only Habibul Bashar. So, for a bat, from a batting point of view, Bangladesh never had a settled batting, settled opening uh, opening pair. Uh, Sharia Nafis came in 2006, um, which was quite late. But I'm talking about the first five, six years of Ashraful's career where there was no one else around. So, whenever he scored a 50, whenever he scored a, a century, so his, his, uh, his graph is a very interesting one. It's like a lot of spikes, but, you know, it just a lot of troughs as well. So, basically, after his debut 100, a long gap. Um, I, I think a number of years ago, one statistician had written an article in Quick Info that, you know, um, a three-match uh, dip in form. Three, uh, if a batsman goes through three innings um, without reaching double figure, he's considered to be having a dip in that statistical piece. So, I, I looked into it. I, I, was, I wasn't working for Quick Info at that time. And Ashraful had plenty of them. Plenty. <laughs> like, he, he went through phases of 10 or more innings a number of times without reaching double figure. But then suddenly, he scored. So, see, his his thing, his MO was this these two hundreds, not his debut 100. He scored a 158 against India, which was a very good attack in 2004. It had Irfan Pathan, Zahid mm-hmm. Khan, Anil Kumble, and Harbhajan Singh. That was also at a time when the Indian media and the English media were ripping into Bangladesh. They had just come back from the Champions Trophy in 2004 in England. They were brutally, you know, they were teams were like really brutal against Bangladesh. They came back and played against India, where they got smashed in the first test, if I can remember correctly. Then in Chittagong, Ashraful made this 158. He just went after Kumble, Irfan Pathan, went after Zahir Khan, which caught a lot of people's eyes. And then following year, he scored that 100 against Australia, which again, I I honestly think that was probably cricket's greatest um, miracle uh, as far as cricket's greatest upset easily because. You had the worst cricket team in the world beating the best cricket team in the world. And, yeah. you know, the tour that Bangladesh was having, uh, Jeffrey Boycott had a field day. Uh, remember uh, David Hooks, the late David Hooks, he said, I, I think Australia can beat Bangladesh in one day. So that was what Bangladesh cricket was like at that time. And, you know, Ashraful was like that one beacon for the media. He was that one player who, you know, if he scores a 40. I'll just finish this off, this thought with one little anecdote. I mean, it, it, it's very hard to find on YouTube. But Scott Stiders had once got him out, caught and mid-on. So what happened, the previous two balls, I think Ashraful had hit him for two boundaries. Scott Stiders is just a medium pacer, but he had the wicketkeeper back. So he hit him for two fours. Next ball, Ashraful tries to clear mid-on and gets caught. Stiders actually scolded Ashraful for playing that shot. He shouted at him. And, you know, I, was, I, was, I couldn't believe my eyes. And the commentator, like, later he read his lips and said he was actually taking the batsman. Why would you play that shot? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that's how... Ashraful was treated by opponents. Whenever any team comes to Bangladesh, the only te- name they spoke about was Ashraful because Habibul Bashar was a was a very good batsman. He scored a lot of fifties. Was very good against the short ball, but he batted at number three. He wasn't that you know fashionable. Ashraful was the attractive batsman. So I think that's why even today he has that nostalgia effect on people. People still say that you know he should have been picked in this squad. He should have been picked in that squad. Like honestly, people thought that you know after he sco- after he came back, he should be back in the Bangladesh team. It was far from it, but you know that nostalgia of the first few years when nothing was working. I think mean, that's what really works in his favor. Mm-hmm. No, no. So sticking with you, Isam. So I'm glad you mentioned his comeback as well because we have gone through this phase that uh, the performances have been few and far between, but some of them are legendary, like the debut Test hundred, the knock against Australia, the one against India. Then we had where he took over captaincy and then he was relieved of his duties for Master Fem in 2009. Then he was in and out of the side. And when he came back, when he scored this 190 against Sri Lanka, was this a feeling of this is Ashraful 2.0 or is it is it merely a fact that we always want to give our heroes a second chance, a third chance, and give them all the possible avenues that they can to come back to have that one final flourish? No, genuinely, it was his second chance, second coming, because he had never played for such a long time in a test match. So, it, like, the way he supported, that was what was expected of him after he 
you know lost his captaincy that he would support guys like shakib tamim and and, and mushfiq he wasn't doing it he was playing this one late card he kept playing it kept playing it he lost he lost his captaincy because of that late card and then you know in that innings in gaul he he was the he was the guy who mushfiq supported so mushfiq made sure that ashraful stayed and ashraful also made sure that mushfiq didn't lose his cool at any point so that was one really sort of a turning point in his career and uh, he wasn't that old he wasn't that old at that time so it wasn't as if he was in his late 30s and scoring that 190 it wasn't as if people were giving him a chance out of emotion he did bat well in that game but to be honest with you there was a one day game that bangladesh against sri lanka it was the only time the, in that tour that they won a game he, ashraful really went after the sri lankan fast bowlers and it was his sort of early boundaries that helped bangladesh win that game even in zimbabwe he wasn't that bad just before he got banned so it was it was a second coming to be honest with you and, and people actually had hopes that the only thing that really bothered everyone about ashraful was his consistency he was perhaps perhaps coming back mm deban uh, like isam has mentioned ashraful has maintained that celebrity status still in 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 bangladesh and i've been reading a few of his interviews recently you get them some of them on our website as well where he's commented about current issues and this was about the shakibul hasan case and uh, There was this one line from Ashraful in that he's like, "I was fully involved in match fixing." Now you mentioned that cricket has had this uh, this issue rooted in the sport for 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 some time now, but Ashraful just seems to be, I don't know, unnervingly honest when it when it comes to his involvement there, and and it and it's it it seems like a welcome change from a cricketer to come out and talk so openly. He's still playing the game, of course. maybe he knows he'll never play for the national side again he probably won't but it seems like he's trying his level best to make amends to the sport that has given him given him the the, the, the life that he currently has yeah i think it also speaks about the honesty of the person because he's able to evaluate where he went wrong and he's able to contemplate on that and he's probably learned his lessons and sort of you know acknowledges that mistake and uh, interestingly on this you know similar point to what uh, isam was also making i was also listening to the uh, the video cast which uh, tamim ikbal did with sanjay manjrekar which is also on our site and i was quite uh, impressed with the honesty which uh, tamim also showed in a lot of the admissions that he made the, you know the talking about the fact that sanjay i'll be very very honest uh, about sure. that particular innings I, i don't think i've said this anywhere but uh, the moment i was playing that game i was not in that game honestly because okay. i was too busy watching sachin tendulkar sarov ganguly <laughs> yuvraj singh rahul dravid i honestly am telling you because in i remember i was fielding uh, i was just watching them because i was too mm. happy to be playing in the same ground with those kind of legends even yuvraj even yuvraj singh even dhoni and he made another admission which uh, i think should be taken into context when analyzing somebody like ashraful and his numbers of course like isam said he didn't have the best batsmen around him in any case so Mm-hmm. you know imagine the kind of pressure which maybe a young sachin tendulkar might have had had he not been surrounded by the kind of batsmen that he had when he started off for india and on top of that uh, what tamim said was that uh, early on the bangladesh batsmen what they often thought was when they got to a 30 or 50 they used to feel very satisfied it felt like a 100 or a double 100 for them so uh, i think as a team evolves this this kind of psyche also comes in you you become hungrier and i think that's where that 190 should be seen that it was probably the coming of ashraful as a mature player who knew what was expected of him and he knew what his role exact role in the bangladesh team was and of course by that time he had some better batsmen around him to support him and bangladesh at least i mean maybe they still didn't have the kind of bowling attack to threaten uh, top quality opposition but they started believing that they had the kind of batting which could save them test matches i think that also came to the fore in 2013 when they hosted new zealand and there was a famous press conference which uh, isam will remember where uh, tamim spoke about how uh, he was very thankful that sehwag wasn't born in bangladesh something to that effect because he uh, you know made 70 odd of 210 balls or something and the press had been a little critical of him but it was a it was a not completely in keeping with the situation because bangladesh mm-hmm. needed to save that particular test match for me the one knock that i remember and isam you can correct me if i'm wrong here but i bangladesh didn't win an odi i think from the 99 world cup till a 2004 series against zimbabwe and i think ashraful went and scored something like 15 in that first odi victory in many years to be that's that's like my favorite ashraful knock i know he's had he's had some great ones in the past but i think 
Archibald's best achievement is being named by our very own Mohammed Assam in Bangladesh's best ever World Cup 11. I mean, nothing can beat that. Yeah, um, because of his one, like he he has he has couple of uh, important innings in the in the World Cups that he has played, and 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 uh, obviously his 87 against South Africa in the 2007 World Cup. Everyone remembers Bangladesh beating India in that World Cup, but I don't think uh, that. you know that that game against south africa was another way of you know a stepping stone for bangladesh cricket because it was the super eights and they could beat a big team it was it was a great win and ashraful played brilliantly against a pretty good bowling attack i thought um the one innings you mentioned i had written a a feature on that match itself how bangladesh broke a a five year duck against zimbabwe that was um there was one innings where ashraful played the scoop shot for the first time the ones <laughs> that dilshan now plays i think i think he followed Doug Marillier uh, playing that shot. Um, I I don't I don't have a clip of that game, but from I haven't seen that clip in in YouTube. But I clearly remember it was the fastest 50 by a Bangladeshi by a long margin at that time. It was broken about eight or nine years later. But yeah, I mean Ashraful. Uh, people would expected Ashraful a lot a lot from Ashraful. People expected a lot from Ashraful, especially after those games. I think after the Australia game, I mean it went through the roof. I mean that innings. But yeah. those who followed him closely those who followed ashraful closely understood that probably he has hit his peak after that knock against australia because you know uh, see now we can go into another aspect of ashraful's uh, mindset or why it didn't really happen for him um, he would obviously make a world cup 11 because bangladesh hasn't had some really mm-hmm. great performance in the world cup but ashraful is also a cricketer who who never really touched his potential and and one of one of the reason was as i had mentioned earlier there wasn't anyone around for him so he was the he was like a a a, a small fish in a, a sorry a big fish in a very very small pond so that that i think a lot of cricketers go through that cricketers from small towns go through that um or or small cities and here you have a whole nation which had mad following which had a batsman they felt was once in a generation but he never performed once in every year he he performed mm-hmm. So speaking of Ashraful, also Bangladesh have this habit of uh, throwing teenagers right into the deep end, into the toughest format of the game. Now I was going through this list of players, 18 or younger, who have debuted in Test for Bangladesh, and it includes Mohammad Sharif, Talal Zubair, Inamul Haq, Ashraful himself, of course, Nazmul Hussain, Bushfikur Rahim, Naeem Hassan, Mashraf Mortaza, Ranjit Das, Nazmul Shanto, Alok Kapali, Tushar Imran, Tamim Iqbal, who we spoke about, Shahzad Hussain, Aftab Ahmed, Nafis Iqbal, Mehdi Hassan, and Anwar Hussain. Now, my God, my breath has gone taking that list firstly, and I also think that Pakistan is probably the only other country to have so many other young debutants. So, Isam, what is it about Bangladesh cricket that gives youngsters a chance in Test cricket? so soon i mean you contrasted with say a team like in england i think closer a closer a better way to compare is with pakistan so among the 102 you know teenage debutants 36 of them are from pakistan and 75% is from asian countries afghanistan mm-hmm. india pakistan sri lanka so bangladesh is second with 18 so um uh, the names that you have mentioned yeah um, look when bangladesh started of their test you know as a test playing nation uh they had a strong one day culture in bangladesh a domestic structure was one day cricket it still is very much dominant one day cricket is called the dhaka premier league it has a long structure i've played in that structure for nearly 10 years and i know the ins and outs of it and and i've seen how a cricketer who does well for a big club plays for bangladesh you know it's pretty much uh, you know it's very very much a club culture in bangladesh where the cricket board itself is run by people who run these clubs so that culture has shifted to the national team where you know a, a cricketer who does well for a club would play for bangladesh it started off like that now look when bangladesh became a test playing nation uh, two things stuck out for them first of all uh, when the icc inspectors the former captains like uh, i think majid khan you had uh, graham dowling from new zealand and all these people you know you, even i think ali bakar went to inspect bangladesh in 1999 2000 um they were shown a lot of crowds big crowds in, in just normal league matches honestly there was it wasn't as if it was staged but i went to see matches in the 90s when you know test cricket uh, was really a far fetched dream 
you had 20000 people watching a match 30000 people watching a match you had wasim akram come and play in the league you had neil fairbrother come and play in the league so that when 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 the uh, when test cricket happened in bangladesh the problem was the other mandate of the bcb was youth that we have a huge youth following and kids want to play cricket we have a great development program on with us honestly it it was and to this day um bangladesh's development program has kept itself kept cricket afloat but when it started it was a flawed way to flawed approach because they uh, they replaced legends of bangladesh cricket with kids so you had guys like i'm sure you heard of him amin islam bulbul he was the he scored 100 in bangladesh's first inaugural test 144 you had akram khan you had minhajul abidin minhajul abidin is probably the greatest bangladesh cricketer never to play never to have played test cricket but there was a personal grudge with the board president at that time um so these really senior cricketers were replaced by kids kids like ashraful kids like aftab kids like talha jubair you know they all came in and they were lost because okay they were trained by australian coaches obviously they they went to australia did those uh, training camps in in brisbane they went to england and did the mcc young cricketers thing they would tour with the under 19 team they played the under 19 world cup but there there was no the the first class structure was really bad and the bangladesh a team didn't quite have a lot of tours or you know didn't have a lot of there was no second second string of cricketers you could you could really say that was up to the mark so you had all these players the, the the ones who were successful i think a lot of it has to do with their own drive i mean mashafi was not discovered by a lot of bangladeshi coaches he was discovered by andy roberts andy roberts came for a seven day bowling camp he saw mashafi who had by the way one of the most flawed bowling actions when he started i think debayan would remember at the start of his career his legs were crossed you know he, he most of his most of his injuries was due to the reaction no one could fix it mashafi's first first class match was his test match he would find mm-hmm. a lot of bangladeshi cricketers making their debut for bangladesh a Uh, a lot of them are making their listed debuts for you know for for a bangladesh team sometimes you know that that works sometimes uh, once in a while you'll get a tamim iqbal who has that you know inner hunger to become the one of the best cricketers in bangladesh you have mushfiqur rahim but then you have 15 others who you know who can last only one test match or two test matches i mean talha zubair he he i think the cricket board spent a lot of money on him you know becoming mashafi's bowling partner never really happened because his body or his nutrition to be honest wasn't up to the mark from the very beginning but he was thrown into the world cup in 2003 never quite survived that one mm-hmm. so uh, you have a lot of these cricketers who peaked way too early i mean they didn't even peak they were said that they have to peak peak aftab ahmed is another i mean if ashraful was talented i think aftab ahmed was just something else but again you know another great wasted talent Mm-hmm. and i i know we uh, we say that some of these young stars they fade away but i'm going to go against the grain a bit here debai and i'm looking at the list and i'm like there are three superstars from there mushfiq tamim mustafa shakib also was i think 19 when when he made his international debut i think that's a fair number no debai or are you still on the side of that okay maybe you need to slowly push these young teenagers into international cricket for when i look at it i'm like they've got three four superstars out of out of out of this policy of throwing the youngsters into the deep end yeah that would be a very english thing for me to do to agree with <laughs> holding them back if you look not just at cricket but across every sport it's it's uh, the western countries which are normally a lot more low to you know fielding youngsters i think the mindset is changing a bit in recent years Uh, i think a good example of that is perhaps english football where you're seeing a lot more youngsters being thrown into uh, you know international top class football at a much younger age but it's been the case in the subcontinent i mean you you touched upon uh, pakistan and bangladesh but india have had so many you know 16 year old 17 year olds who made their debut i mean we wouldn't have had a sachin tendulkar if they hadn't had that youth first policy in that sense uh, sri lanka you know arjuna ranatunga and uh, arvinda disilva both made their debuts when they were still in their teens afghanistan have kind of redrawn the whole map in that sense of how how young their debutants should be but i think uh, there is some merit to you know introducing youngsters but uh, two points i mean it should never happen at the expense of uh, experience and you know uh, proven hands as uh, isam mentioned which happened in the case of bangladesh in their early test years 
and the second thing is you have to persist with them you have to give them at least a little insurance of uh, maybe 10 performances 15 performances across all formats before you ditch them otherwise it can do a lot more uh, incalculable damage which we've seen with so many cricketers uh, who've been thrown in at a very young age and maybe they have succeeded early on but then just not been uh, you know mentored rightly or just uh, lost their form somewhere along the way i mean some names which come to mind for, from indian examples are uh, shivaramakrishnan or uh, maybe maninder singh who was phenomenally talented but just didn't have the right kind of guidance and even uh, you know the two friends uh, tendulkar and kambli both of them more or less made their debuts at very young ages and look at the contrasting careers they had kambli had such a uh, rollicking start to his career at one stage he was you know way ahead of tendulkar in terms of his numbers and in t- terms of his potential and in terms of where the world was seeing him but it just didn't work out in the end because he probably didn't have the right kind of guidance so all of that matters a lot i think in our uh, you know social and cultural context that you you you've got this habit of putting in youngsters which is well and good but then you've got to know where they are lacking and you also mustn't put put uh, too much pressure on them that also happens a lot in our region you know the moment somebody comes in he's hailed as the new you know irfan pathan became the new kapil dev after maybe just one test match so you can't afford to do that you've got to be a lot more balanced in the way that you take in a lot of these players and we know for a fact that uh, in our region you know cricket is so much more symbolic than just a sport there's always you know tons of fans tons of expectations there's always the board also putting a lot of pressure on you there's the media putting a lot of pressure on you so at a young age you've got to be uh, in a way trained to be able to handle all of it and you know perform well and you've got to have the support of your mates and your you know your board and everybody else who's in a position of power essentially mm. yeah that that point about pressure is extremely good because by all accounts from what we hear it's the pressure and expectation isam in bangladesh is like nowhere else and that's why i think you're probably right when you say that the reason young stars were who were put in when they were teenagers succeeded like the likes of tamim the likes of shakib the likes of mushfiq is because of the fact that they were so mentally tough to handle that pressure that you get playing for bangladesh there is a there is a there is a thing about islamic culture as well which uh, you know sides with the young man you know you get you know you get a lot of responsibilities at an early age in a lot of households to be honest with you in bangladesh in uh, in in muslim uh, majority countries you'll see a lot of these young boys driving at an early age getting a lot of responsibilities around the house but you know they're also spoiled um, so um to be honest with you i think uh, um, these four five cricketers you know uh, 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 mashafi uh, tamim shakib uh, and mushfiq if you see their career trajectory um, they forced the the powers that be at that time into being patient about them because you had you had they were also a little bit lucky because they had guys like people like uh, jamie siddens as the coach who who believed in them mashafi had dev whatmore who believed in him that okay every time he came back there was a place for him in the team whoever was doing well you know mashafi is back he'll play he played one game out for one year again mashafi comes back so that that attitude uh, of a certain uh, of a certain power base in bangladesh cricket helped these five cricketers um, but it wasn't by design it was out of desperation sometimes uh, mushfiq tamim they also went through a long phase of you know not scoring a lot of runs they they tamim especially uh, he had good years 2009 10 was great years but then again it wasn't always great but then people stuck by them um shakib is one of the rare ones who's always scored runs who's always taken wickets you know um mashafi is someone who never really fulfilled his potential but because of what they offered as a cricketer or because of how they you know evolved themselves and um you know became ultimately became examples great examples of cricketers i mean people will not remember how they started you know mashafi's story is a legendary one because andy roberts came and chose him mushfiq debuted in lords uh, tamim hit that 50 against india but i don't think anyone remembers shakib's first innings or mushfiq's how he how mushfiq did in his first innings my point being um, it's not how they started but how they finished i think that point gets missed by a lot of young cricketers even today in bangladesh i mean shommu sarkar is a great example of a cricketer who uh, started off so brightly i mean uh, again one small anecdote from his his childhood is that i i i was playing uh, dhaka premier league at the time his brother his elder brother uh, pushpen sarkar he was a teammate he was a wicket keeper and pushpen one day came and said that my younger brother he goes to bkspi he scored a double hundred in the school match 
I said, wow, what a, what a great knock. In the afternoon, uh, Shomu came, uh, met him for the first time. I think it was 12 or 13. And he, we all was joking, oh, where did you score that 100? He said, in this particular ground in Dhaka. And I said, no, 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 that doesn't count. That's that small ground. <laughs> but Shomu had a great, Shomu Sarkar had a great uh, build-up when he started off. Um, you had Leeton Das. I mean, I mean, he he had a great under-19 career, Mehdi Hassan. But, you know, except for Leeton, I don't think any of them have an automatic place in Bangladesh in all three formats now. Um, uh, Mehdi Hassan has lost his ODI spot. Uh, sorry, he's lost his T20 spot. Shomu Sharkar comes and goes. Liton has done well recently. He's done well in the World Cup. Had one good knock. But that problem persists in Bangladesh in a different form now. Now, selectors pick players from domestic cricket or a bit of high-performance cricket, academic cricket and Bangladesh A. But, you know, youngsters... One thing they can learn from Shakib, Tamim, and these guys, Mushfiq, that it, 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 it's how it is right now or how it ends or how it will be in the future. That's what matters. doesn't matter whether you are a big shot as, a, as an under-19 player. You know, I wanted to ask about one player, uh, Isam, because uh, on Cricket Info, obviously, we have KK, who's probably like, you know, founder president of the Leeton Das uh, fan club. But uh, <laughs> similarly... <laughs> There was one player who I really liked the look of when I went over to commentate the 2013 series against uh, New Zealand. Marshall Ayub, I think he was coming off some very heavy run scoring in the domestic circuit. And he he had the most gorgeous, you know, cover drives and square drives. And I just couldn't believe how talented he was. But I've just not heard about him at all. So where has he disappeared? That's that's probably symptomatic as well. Yeah, um, Devan, you must remember, you must have remembered uh, Marshall Ayub from those two test matches. He played quite well. But, you know... Um, he developed a, a, a reputation suddenly that he was soft. I don't know how it happened. Maybe it happened in the dressing room. He's a soft guy. He's a quiet guy. He's like Mominul. Um, he wouldn't, you know, be the loud mouth and he wouldn't be doing a lot of things. But he was misunderstood, I thought. And it was such a brutal sort of a, an axing that immediately he was gone and no one really cared. And it was like everyone said, yeah, he won't work at that level. But he did. He played. He, even in those, you know, sort of slow tracks, he, he faced a uh, good quality attack and he batted well. And you're right. I mean, Marshall Ayub, he, he's had some good innings in, in, in domestic cricket, good seasons in domestic cricket. He's been a BPL regular, I think, till about two or three years ago. But um, from, to be very fair, uh, as much as the selectors just, you know, weren't enough, weren't patient enough with him, I think Marshall also had to show a bit of his himself in that dressing room, in that culture, which was developing at the time under uh, Mushfiq, and then Mashaf, he was around, Tamim, Shakib. He he had to show his strong side, his strong, like Mominul did. Mominul had 180 in that test series. He scored a 180, he scored 100. Marshall got out for 49. You know, that makes a bit of a difference, but then then you have to make it up with your body language sometimes. I, I'm just talking about a dressing room culture, which was developing at the time. You had people like Nasir, you had people like Sabir coming in, who had body language and 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 again on the flip side marshall was a very good fielder and he still is a very good fielder but then you you know uh, you you can't really explain these things sometimes from a from a media perspective and just to say that well there's other people scoring more runs than him but no it wasn't true he was a genuinely good test batsman yeah isam in in research for this podcast i Found your piece, how Bangladesh is finding and developing its talent. I think you had wrote, written this in 2017. It, it still, it still holds up. It still holds up that piece. Now I had a couple of things from there, which seemed, which seemed really impressive. Was one is the developmental system in Bangladesh, and the second thing that intrigued me is that you had mentioned an exchange system with the Cricket Association of Bengal. Bangladesh's um, development system is very much like India's. It's it's an age group age group based system. From under 13 to under 19, there's a structure. And then the players go on to play domestic cricket and, you know, BPL and all these tournaments. And then that's the pathway. Um, so I think you'll be you, you'll be pretty uh, familiar with this. And I'm sure the volume of cricket isn't as much as Indian Indian cricketers get, but it's not bad. It's, it's actually they get to play a lot of two-day cricket. Sometimes they play, get to play three-day cricket. Predominantly one-day cricket for, for, for the younger guys because they're always preparing for that under-19 World Cup. Uh, throughout their throughout the time in that structure, you had someone like Mehdi Hassan Miraj, who was always the captain from under 13 days to the under 19 days. So you had someone like Saifuddin, who was you know earmarked as a as a fast bowling all rounder. That's how he was developed. Um, the second point you mentioned uh, the, the the exchange program with CAB 
yeah that's been on for the last 25 years um at the age of 12 uh, i remember back in 1995 i was chosen for one such camp to go to shiliguri i think it was shiliguri or darjeeling i don't remember to this day the bangladesh under 14 or under 13 team they have been doing this tour every year so it has it started off as a big deal because there wasn't a lot of tours for our under, under 13 or age group teams at that time they would just play the world cup uh, since 2000 uh, since 1998 sorry but um, i remember it was a big deal back then it was the only foreign tour even it was just across the border it was a foreign tour and from time to time cab would send their age group team the younger ones you know they would play uh, in different parts of uh, of bangladesh i think uh, even recently dev watmore brought a cab uh, age group team to bangladesh dev watmore was with the cab for a while uh, dev watmore was obviously bangladesh's coach between 2003 and 7 well, that created a bit of buzz in the media so yeah that partnership uh, bangladesh has a pretty good partnership with sri lanka and not just cab you know um, uh, not just cab in india i think bangladesh has a bit of a partnership with the uttar pradesh cricket association i I remember um, when when uh, I think Saif Hasan was supposed to make his debut in India last year, the the Test batsman. Um, he was picked in the Test squad, and I spoke to him, and he said, "You know, I've scored runs in this stadium." He was talking about the Holkar Stadium in Indore. I said, "When?" And he said, "Not not too long ago. We were here for the under 17 team. He apparently batted for a couple of days, like yeah, I think six seven hours in one full day in that stadium. He knew a lot about Indore as a city." which was quite surprising and then i got to speak to someone from uh, madhya pradesh cricket association and he said that yeah we've had that partnership with bcb for a while we exchanged tours so these are you know these are things that always go under the radar you just see maybe a small one column news about yeah. this uh, sort of you know that one mention in the paper but this is one of the building blocks of bangladesh cricket i think cab's uh, exchange program it includes a match in the eden gardens i remember Uh, a kid once telling me that when he got a wicket at the Eden Gardens, they were playing in one of the side wickets, but it was still the Eden Gardens. So for a for a 19-year-old or a 17-year-old kid, that was big deal. I mean, he took a wicket and he gave a he he bowed down on the ground. He gave a sajda because he thought, you know, this this is the mecca of cricket for me. This is the greatest place to play cricket. It was an empty stadium, but Eden Gardens is a is a big deal for Bangladeshis and and you know, uh, so this this program has really you know um, has really given Bangladesh cricket. a lot of young cricketers and a lot of you know young cricketers who have played against the indian sort of development teams which has made them much better mhm adeba nice a multi sport expert and you were nodding vigorously when when disab was talking about this partnership you're a multi sport expert as well so i'm sure this happens in 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 indian and bangladeshi football as well for example well uh, you've had uh, you know indian clubs going across and playing matches in bangladesh and in the past it's actually been a very very profitable uh, venture for both countries to have you know clubs come across and play across the border in big events it's probably dried up a little bit in recent years but that's more a reflection of the fact that uh, bangladesh in other sport has probably stagnated a bit more and um, it's it's not really uh, i think it it is uh, important that you know indian boards across indian sports federations look across at their role as you know developing some of the nations around the subcontinent because it's to their own uh, you know good there have been instances of partnerships in the past but it's probably not happened enough and i think cricket is a good starting point because there's so much that can happen mm-hmm. the indian cricket board to give them credit have done a good job they've you know uh, helped afghanistan very well for that matter in recent years and this is the way forward i mean you've got to expand cricket you've got to make it a global game and in that case uh, you as the most powerful board have to play a proactive role in you know making sure that you you know bring in more countries and you bring in more associations into your sort of uh, sphere of influence and you 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 help them out in as many ways as possible uh isam also there's something that i've noticed uh, recently as well it's and going but this is going back to bangladesh cricketers are coming more and more from not from places like dhaka not from the center of 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 your country they're coming from smaller towns they're coming from villages yeah um it i think it 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 started around the time bangladesh uh, started to be really serious about cricket it you know it's not a not a really uh, new phenomenon because it, i i honestly believe that it was in the mid 90s when cricketers had to come from all parts of the country to play the dhaka premier league and then you had um, you know uh, you had 
BKSP, which is the the largest sports institute, is also nationalized. So the BKSP uh, also produced a lot of cricketers, and and 99% of the cricketers come from small towns because it's like a sports hostel. So the so the parents would send their kids to this hostel, and from there they would come out. So you have guys like Mushfiq, Shakib, Mominul, Shomu Sharkar, Nasir Hussain, all comes out. They all come out from BKSP. Now um, I've read a lot about it as well from India. You know, guys like Irfan Patan. You know, guys like Umesh Yadav. You had, I think, pretty much every, uh, a lot of the cricketers have come from small towns in India these days. Um, for Bangladesh, it's also pretty similar to India, where you know, uh, you 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 guys have Virat Kohli coming from Delhi, and that's an ex- exception. Rohit Sharma coming from uh, Mumbai is an exception. Tamim comes from Chittagong, but you know, the last Test cricketer to play for from Dhaka is Taskin Ahmed. You know. Um, there's not a lot of ambition for cricketers in Dhaka, honestly, uh, because first of all, uh, there's a lot of choice in Dhaka, and Dhaka is the melting pot, mel- melting pot in in Bangladesh. So uh, there's a lot of choices for kids these days. You know, education comes first, obviously, jobs. You know, at that age, I mean, I I left cricket when I was 27 because I thought, you know, working for a newspaper was a better idea than playing cricket um, at that age. So I mean, that pathway has has you know doesn't really exist for uh, you know, bigger cities. Um, Dhaka hasn't given up, but Chittagong, Silat, these places gave up for a while. Chittagong, after Tamim, they only produced, I think, Aftab Ahmed and Nazimuddin. For a long time, they didn't produce anyone, then suddenly they produced Naim Hassan from one of the academies. You had, um, uh, from Silat, they have a number of fast bowlers coming up, but mostly it's from smaller towns and also because of, you know, how the TV, uh, the, the, the cable television went to all across, went all across Bangladesh. Uh, you have guys from the north, uh, Litondas, Nasir Hussain, you have guys from the south, uh, like Mustafiz, uh, Rubel Hussain, they're from the south. Uh, Mustafiz actually is born in a village which is about 11 kilometers from the Indian border <laughs> on the southwest of Bangladesh. So, you know, um, uh, television helped. I think uh, a lot of us learn cricket from television. Uh, Mustafiz, no one really knows how he got that cutter going, but must have picked it up from watching TV, must have picked it up from watching you know, a lot of cricket uh, on, on TV. So you have you have these guys, even the ones who go to BKSP, you know, they started off in their home villages or their hometowns. Um, uh, and, and you know, it's, it has a lot to do with guys like Shakib and Mashafi, who also come from really small towns, um, who became heroes for these small town boys. I think Tamim is a big, big icon in Bangladesh, but I think Shakib and Mashafi told people from the southwest, you know, Khulna and all those uh, all those places that, yeah, there is a pathway there. You'll see a lot of cricketers in Bangladesh from that region, from Khulna, where uh, Mashafi, uh, Khulna is the division. Mashafi is from a place called Narail. Uh, Shakib is from Magura. You have Imrul Kai is from there. Habibul Bashar is also from that region. So that pathway was created a long time ago. The thing is, um, for places like Chittagong and Silet, which are also, you know, the main major, major cities in Bangladesh, that pathway was a bit based on family. So Tamim's pathway was clear. Uncle, cricketer, test cricketer. Brother, test cricketer. I'll play. I'll play, I'll play cricket, you know. Uh, for, for people from Silad, it was also a family-based thing, you know. I don't know whether you remember a guy called Rajin Saleh. He, uh, he even captained Bangladesh once. He, he came out of a family of five cricketers, five solid test, you know, sorry, wow. five solid professional cricketers. So he was the fourth or the third brother in that family. So that was a family-based thing. But with these small town kids, they can relate to another small town kid from another town. Like watching Mashafi, Rubel realized that, yeah, I can go to Dhaka, go to this coach and try to become a cricketer. And then maybe I can follow Mashafi Bhai into becoming something. So I think that's happening a lot in Pakistan as well. Uh, a lot of small town cricketers, I think, are coming up. India, as I, as I mentioned, even in Sri Lanka, um, Andrew Fernando keeps telling me that not a lot of cricketers now come from this um, Colombo sort of uh, uh, majority. It comes from small towns, you know, it comes from humble backgrounds and then they become cricketers. I love the fact that uh, in this podcast we've gone from Mohamed Ashrafu, we've spoken about teenagers, so many teenagers who have uh, debuted for Bangladesh and many of them have gone on to have pretty good careers and the fact that we are now talking about how cricketers who play for Bangladesh are coming from almost every part of the country. I must say though, I'll give you each a word to end this, but I must say this, about these youngsters playing cricket, there's nothing that excites me more than to see a teenager do well on the cricket field. Even if it's something like an Afif Hussain taking five 
including the wicket of Chris Gale in the Bangladesh Premier League. And then, and then I was reading the articles. The journalist didn't know that he was, I think, earlier an opener, is I remember right? And the fact that here he is as a spinner taking five wickets in the Bangladesh Premier League. Yeah, the journalist happens to be me. So, <laughs> so uh, it's always exciting. Like when Mehdi Hassan uh, burst onto the scene, got Ben Duckett's wicket, and then took all those wickets against uh, uh, England. You, you, you know, you could compare him to Har- Har- Harbhajan Singh when he broke through. Obviously, Harbhajan Singh broke through three years earlier than that, you know, 2001 series. But as much as Australia versus India in 2001 was an iconic series, Bangladesh beating England at home was a huge, huge boost to test cricket in Bangladesh. They followed it up by beating Australia at home too. I mean, these are one test wins, but I understand from, uh, from within how much from within Bangladesh cricket, how much these things mattered. And honestly, this will never stop. Teenagers will keep churned, will be kept churned out of Bangladesh's system because the system is very big. It keeps bringing out good cricketers. We cannot forget that they are the under-19 world champions and they have another 11 to 15 cricketers, some of whom, from my experience, are, you know, at that, even at that stage, are on par with some of the best cricketers in Bangladesh from that age group. Yeah, and I'll just say that, that uh, I've already acquired this reputation in Cricket for being Bangladesh's lucky charm because apparently they just can't lose when I'm on comms. <laughs> so Isam must be hoping that I'm always put on Bangladesh games. But yes, uh, I think there was a lot of uh, maturity and a lot of uh, quality among a lot of the youngsters in that under-19 group. But I just hope, I mean, from that moment itself, there were comments saying, you know, uh, Akbar Ali should be the wicketkeeper of the Bangladesh national team. Let's not, you know, burden them with too much uh, expectation at this stage. Let's give them each their time to develop. Let's let's be patient with all of them. And let's ease them into international cricket when their time comes. Because I'm sure a lot of them will go on to serve Bangladesh cricket. And uh, interestingly, I mean, across the last five or six years, they have shown that they are on an upward curve. They are no longer as, uh, you know, uh, negative perhaps about even test match cricket as they once used to be. And as some mentioned, those uh, signposts of victories against England, Australia, they're still at home, but... They will improve as an away uh, unit as well. And let's not forget that it took India 20 years to win their first test match. Fantastic. Guys, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you, Devine. Thank you, Isam. Thank you. Thank you.